Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. The Lord has been good to you. Do you have something to tell him for all his goodness? What shall we render unto the Lord for all his goodness? What shall we render unto the Lord for all his love and kindness? What shall we render unto the Lord for all his mercies? It is the Lord who has protected us. It is the Lord who has lifted us up from the merry clay and set our feet upon the rock. Oh, what shall I render unto you, O oh God? How can I say thanks unto you? Oh, King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, we glorify your name. Father God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable unto you. Oh, Lord, my God. Please be seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's good to be back here again. And we thank the Lord for another time in his presence. When we go to heaven, all that we'll be doing is just worshiping the Lord. We will sing praises unto his name. There will be no preaching. All the preaching will be done with. And we will worship God. And I love to worship the Lord. For he's done so much in my life. And if all that I have to do is to worship him, I will not give my place to the rocks. May he be praised forever and evermore. Amen. Well, for the past three days we've been talking about evangelism. We've been talking about the things that are important to God. Everybody has a love language. Sometimes if you live with somebody, you may think that by cooking for the person, by washing for the person, by ironing, by being polite, is what will bring you close to the person. Or you may think that that will let the person love you more. But you may be doing all those things and the person is still telling you that you are not let the person love you more. 
But you may be doing all those things and the person is still telling you that you are not doing anything. You don't love him. You understand what I'm talking about? So you have to find what the person wants to do. You know what I'm saying? You may be doing all that and then when it gets to the weightier matters, you have all sorts of excuses. So apart from all the things that you've done, if you remove the weightier matters out, the person will say that you don't love him or you don't love her. You know? And if you want to know what the person wants, you have to ask, what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. Amen. What do you want me to do? And God has showed us what we can do to prove our love for him. Amen. So we've talked about the reason why we need to evangelize. We talked about the fact that we were lepers. And God miraculously saved us. And when he saved us, he gave us a message of reconciliation Amen. to the world. And yesterday we also learned that human beings are full of excuses. We are full of excuses. And it's about time that we lay aside our excuses and do what the Lord has asked us to do. For the sake of time, I want to share with you three important reasons why we must evangelize. Three important reasons why we must evangelize. Number one, the greatest treasure in heaven is a soul. The reason why we need to evangelize is that the greatest treasure in heaven is a soul. When we talk about a treasure, we talk about something that is precious, something that is important. Your bank account and the money in it is a treasure. It's important. So you don't leave it anywhere. You guard it. Some of you, you don't even want to have um, internet access to your account because you think that somebody will hack into it. So you guard it and you protect it. When you go to the bank and they tell you that you can also have internet access to your account and you can monitor it, you say no. Somebody will hack into it. But what you don't know is that the person telling you that you can have it he has actually logged on the internet and he is looking at your account and he's telling you right in front of your eyes. So something that is a treasure, you guard it. In your house, you may have treasured items. You only serve with those items when your pastor visits. You know, all the rest are 31, you have cups that you serve them. But when you have an important person visiting you, then you go, you descend, and you descend. You remove trunks and chop boxes, and then you go down, and then you get your magnificent bowls, not, not the ones made in China. And then you serve. So it's a treasure. You don't use it by heart. You know? And the Bible says that even though in heaven we walk on streets of gold, right? We have beautiful mansions. 
We have foundations and pearly gates. Yet still, the most treasured item or thing in heaven is a soul. Whether the soul is mad or the soul is sick, it is still precious in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. And it is the only thing valuable to God. Amen. Amen. So somebody may ask, why is a soul valuable to God? You see, every human being has a choice. God created us with dust. He formed us and then he breathed into us and we became living souls and then he gave us our will. So human beings were created. But if you look at the other things that God created, he just commanded it to come into being. He said, let there be light and there was light. Right? So whatever God wanted, apart from human beings, he just called them into being. Let the light come and then light came. But it was not so with a human being. So we have our will. That is why when Adam and Eve fell out of God's favor, you know, there was mourning in heaven. So anybody who voluntarily offers his love to God, God treasures it. God treasures it. And if you also want to know how precious something is, then you can also determine the price that the person pays for that item. Isn't it? And it also demonstrates the person's love. I mean, you can see the love of someone through something that the person gives you. Never be deceived by people who say, this is my widow's mind. They are not widows. Never be deceived by that. And never be deceived by those who tell you that it is only the heart that matters. Don't be deceived. Because, 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 they will come and lie to you that it is the thought that matters. It is the heart that matters. It is not true. Because when Jesus loved us, the Bible says that he did something. He gave. He gave. If you have a beloved who does not give, you question the beloved's love for you. And you will say to yourself that even, 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 even though we are together, since we, you know, since we came together, you have not given me a pin. Even a pin, you have not given me a pin. Is that not true? It is true. And you question the beloved's love. And God knows your mind. And he knows that that is what you are thinking. So he wanted to prove his love to you. And any time God proves his love, he proves it by giving you a person. So your pastor is a demonstration of God's love you know, for you. You understand? So Jesus went further. 
by allowing his only begotten son. He did not look for somebody who was causing trouble in heaven and sent the person that even you, you are a troublemaker where, where you are, so you go and die for the people. No. He took his only son to come and to die for us. And when Jesus also came to this world, he demonstrated what was important to him. He demonstrated it. When you look at Luke chapter 10, Luke 10, let's start reading. Jesus appointed 70, right? And then he sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place, whether he himself will come. Give me um, New Living Translation. So, no, we've gone past this, so no, give me the second one. These were his instructions. He said, the harvest is what? The harvest is what? It's great. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. So he came to demonstrate to us what was important to him. He said, harvest is great. But then the laborers are few. All right? So he told us that what is important to him is salvation. It's people not perishing. It's people going out to tell people about the love of God. That is why he came. You know what I'm saying? And then apart from that, he also demonstrated it by he himself going out to win souls. If soul winning was not important to God, he would not go out to win souls. But he demonstrated it. So when you look at Matthew 5 verse 18, quickly, Matthew 5 verse 18, the Bible says that I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose, until its purpose is achieved. So look again at John, John chapter 1 and verse 41. John 1 and verse 41. John 1, 41. Andrew went to find his brother Simon, or Simon Peter, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Hallelujah. Which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. So you realize that because souls were important to God, he himself got involved with soul winning. One thing about soul winning is that the person you bring to God, you will never know what will become of that person. When we talk about Andrew from the scriptures, Andrew was the one who brought Peter, his brother. But all that you hear about Andrew in the Bible is bringing Peter to God. But Peter preached 
And 3,000 souls were won for Christ. Not Andrew, but Peter. So if Andrew did not bring Peter, Peter would not have preached for 3,000 souls to be won. You understand? Let's go further. Verse 45. So Philip also. Jesus found Philip. But it did not end there. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophet wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth? Exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself. Philip replied. So, soul winning is so important because a soul is treasured in heaven. And it is precious. So, the Bible also says in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, it says that, what, no, what, shall, no, what will a man's life profit it? If he can gain the whole world, whole world, and then he will lose his soul. If I gain the whole world and I lose my soul, what profit is it? So think about it. God is saying that a soul is important than everything in the world. So we'll take Tiani for example. This guy is more valuable than all the buildings in Manhattan. From downtown Manhattan, Wall Street area, right, to 125th end of Manhattan from 11th or 12th Avenue to 1st Avenue. All the buildings there. I mean, think about the skyscrapers. And this is even in New York City alone. Let's go to Chicago. Let's go to California. This, 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 this person sitting here. One soul. It's more valuable. More valuable. More valuable. More valuable. Than everything that you can think of. Look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 7. Luke 15 verse 7. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven. When we build one skyscraper in Wall Street, when we try to replace the two world, um, world Trade Centers, no. The Bible says that in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So when you hear and then you are, what is going on? Oh, there is party in heaven. Hey, what is causing the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, and Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter and the angels rejoicing? And then they'll say, oh, this guy 
on who lives at 149 Grand Concourse Apartment 2B has given his life to Christ. I mean, one soul and there is rejoicing in heaven. Then if you don't get involved in winning one soul, then I don't know why you are sitting here. Then I don't know why you are sitting here. I mean, something that will cause the whole heavens to rejoice. Then you must, by all means, include yourself. You must, by all means, get involved. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Quickly. Jesus knew the Pharisee had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples go to three. Three. Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria because of only one soul. He didn't go to win the whole town. He went because of one soul. Because as far as Jesus is concerned, one soul is more valuable than everything you can give him in this world. We don't need buildings in heaven. Will you let your son die a useless death? No. No. I bet there are some people here when they give them $25 billion and they will tell them that we will kill your son for it. They will allow that to happen. Because some of people, I mean, I know some people who go for um, ability to make money and then they will pay dearly for it. You know what I'm saying? But for God, a soul is important. Whether the soul comes from Jamaica, Trinidad, St. Lucia, Ghana, India, China, Bangladesh, wherever, that soul is important. So Jesus had to go through Samaria and Samaria was out of bounds for Jesus. It was not a place that a Jewish person would visit and a Jewish rabbi would also not be permitted to talk to a lady more so somebody from Samaritan. Samaria. A Samaritan person. But you see, Jesus was not interested in protocols. As far as he's concerned, a soul. It's a soul. And if he can make heaven rejoice, he will. So he went through Samaria. He went to where the lady could be located. He had to go to where the people are. So Jesus demonstrated to us that a soul is very, very, very important. It is the greatest treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Greatest in heaven. When you talk about the parable of the treasure, the Bible says that the person who bought that land bought it because of the treasure in the land. And he sold everything. Everything he had, he sold it. Just so that he could buy that land. He was not interested in the, in the land, but he was interested in the treasure. 
Let me tell you something. If all that Jesus had to do was to come and die for only you, only you, in this Bronx here, only you, he would have still done it. He would not say that, ah, if I could have you know, died for a thousand people, yes, then I will consider it. No. One soul. Sometimes you have five sheep or ten, and one does not come to church, or one just goes astray. Say, well, I mean, I still have nine. It's, you know, it's not that bad. You are a fool. That's why you think that way. Because as far as God is concerned, every soul is a soul. And it's important to God. When Jesus rose again from dead, according to John chapter 21, he met Peter. And he had this intimate talk with him. So he called Peter aside. After Peter had toiled all night and had caught nothing, God already provided for Peter. Because you see, one thing I noticed as a pastor is that if somebody is disturbed mentally, he doesn't have papers, he's thinking about his papers, he doesn't have beloved, he's thinking about his beloved, he has lost his job, and uh, the person will swerve you. As you are talking to the person, his mind is very far away. So Jesus, first of all, before he could get Peter's attention, he had to settle the guy. First of all, he had gone to fish all night and had caught nothing. So the guy was frustrated. So if Jesus could get his attention, he had to, you know, try to make his effort worthwhile. So first of all, he organized a lot of fish for the guy. Somebody who has toiled all night. Jesus is not like some wives. You have gone to work all day and you have come home and then they ask you, are you hungry? Jesus is not like some wives. The guy had gone to toil all night. Of course, he would be hungry all night. Working all night, he would be hungry. But by the time Peter arrived, he did not, Jesus did not want Peter to complain of hunger. Let me go and find food first. So by the time he came, food was already on the table. So after he ate, and he was okay. Jesus said that, are you finished? He said, come, let's talk about business. He said, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, I do. Really? If you love me, feed my sheep. That's all I want from you. And he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? says, yes, I do. And God said, mm. Peter, asked him again three times. And the third time, Peter was crying. But there was a reason why Jesus asked him three times. Because three times, Peter, this say Peter had denied him three times. He had denied him three times. That was why when Jesus rose up from the dead, he told the, the, the ladies, go and tell my disciples and Peter, because Peter had just canceled himself out. So he had to reverse his confession three times to cancel the, the original denial. And he also wanted to be sure if Peter really loved him. So when Peter said that, yes, Lord, I love you, what did he say? He said, feed them. Feed them to know the truth. 
John 8, verse 31, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And then verse 32 says that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free so that you will escape hell and go to heaven. Because when souls are saved, oh, there is party in heaven all the time. Pray that God will give you spiritual eyes. Because anytime you go out and you win a soul, and then the, you know, the DJ in heaven, Apostle Peter, he will just whine. Then they are singing. They are making merry in heaven. Because a soul is important. It's the greatest treasure. It's the greatest treasure in heaven. Number two, the greatest treasure in hell is also a soul. <laughs> Souls, they are very important. They are the essential commodity in the universe. I tell you, God wants souls and then the devil also wants souls. John 10, verse 10. The Bible says that the, the, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come. You see, two people want the same soul. Two people. In this scripture, two people want the same soul. As for the devil, he has come also to steal. To steal what? To steal a soul. He wants so hell. Soul is also an important commodity in hell. Because the devil also wants souls. He has come to steal. He has come to kill. He has come to destroy. You know, the way God created Lucifer, he had never created a human being like Lucifer. Lucifer was created in a very special way. Very special way. I mean, when you see the guy Everything was inside him. And because of the way he was created, he became so proud. You know, became very proud because he would look himself in the mirror and he looks very stupendous, very nice, handsome. So that went into his head. And then he rebelled and he was cast out. So later on, when God wanted to replace Satan, human beings. He did not create us like the way he created Satan so that he can cut down the pride in us. So he took the sand. What is in the sand? Dust. Dirt. You know? So he took something that is of a low quality. Very low. Very low quality. He took it. And then he formed it. And then he also combined it with something that is of the highest quality. That is his spirit. Wow. And then he breathed wow. into us his spirit into something that is of a low quality. You understand? 
So a human being is a combination of something that is of the highest quality and something that is of the lowest quality. That is why sometimes you see a human being who has been able to manufacture something as stupendous as a ship and an, and an aeroplane that flies. And you also find the same human being who will do something so dummy. He is exhibiting his low state, earthly nature. You understand? So the devil became so jealous of we human beings. And he wanted a lot of people to go down the drain with him. You see, sometimes when you write an exam and you fail, and then you also hear that a lot of people also did not pass, you are comforted. Is that not the case? Uh -huh. You will cry until you hear that, that you are not the only one who failed, but somebody else also failed. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody else also failed. So when the devil was banished, ever since he was banished from hell, it's all the time looking for people to go with him. To go with him. So he is on a mission and he does not rest. Always looking for more souls. And if you are around this time and you open your eyes very well, you see, the rate at which the devil is carrying a lot of people to hell, you can never compare that rate. You can't compare that rate to Christians who are being won for Christ. I mean, a truck can just go through human beings and 84 people wham. But we can't win 84 people to the Lord. You know, Mark 3, 27, the Bible says that when you, you can never enter into a strong man's house except you bind the strong man before you can take hold of the strong man. So it is not only heaven that rejoices when a Christian, when somebody is saved, but hell too. Hell too. There is also a party. Africa. Hey. Bam, banana. Bam, bam. Bam, banana. That is all that they do there. When somebody comes, ah, Africa. Hey. Bam, banana. Bam, bam. Bam, banana. That is it. But we must not allow the devil to lay hold on anyone and rejoice. We should depopulate hell by increasing the population in heaven. You understand? That is what we need to do. That is what we need to do. The third reason why evangelism is very important is the greatest treasure on earth, here on earth. Is the greatest treasure. You see, if I ask you what is important to you, why are we struggling? When we go for evangelism, we see people busy on their phones. They're talking, hey, 
Busy. Very busy. People are going to school. They are doing prerequisites. Prerequisite too. And they don't want to come to church. Prerequisite. They have not even started their original course or the main course. What they are doing is prerequisites. And they park God on the side. In the baby when I finish, I'll come and pick you up. You see? People are very busy. Why are they busy? They are busy because they place so much value on money. I have a good job. If you say, I have a good job, I don't know what you are talking about, but if somebody says, I have a good job, chances are that he's talking about his income. So we place a lot of value on money. It's a good job. Hey, my job is a good job. Even though anytime you get up in the morning, you have palpitations. And your blood pressure goes up. And you are afraid of what is going to happen. You still say, it's a good job. So we place a lot of wealth, you know, a lot of emphasis on money. Oh, he's doing well. He's doing well because he has a nice car. A nice car that when he buys petrol, it's like somebody is um, siphoning his, 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 his blood. Like they are doing blood transfusion. But meanwhile, you see, say, oh, Charlie, his car is very nice. <laughs> meanwhile, you would have done better with Hyundai Ascent. With $20 gallon, you know, $20, you know, can fill your tank for you. Ah, okay, some of these two is saying 15. But whether 15 or 20, it's better than filling your gas for $100. But they see you in your car and say, oh, He's doing well. Only you know the trouble that you go through. You know what I'm saying? So the world places, you know, value on cars. Houses. 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 And we want to impress. Houses. Everything in the house is on credit. Everything. From your microwave to your television. Credit. But the father looks down from heaven. And the only thing he sees valuable on this earth is you. The cars, the money, the houses. No. When the devil took Jesus to the mountain and showed him Times Square with the lights. He says, if you bow down to me, I will give you Times Square because of the lights. I'll give you everything. God said, no. When I sit on my rooftop in heaven, and I look down. I don't see Times Square. I don't see Macy's at 34th Street. I don't see there. <laughs> because Macy's at 34th Street, they have caused a lot of people to go bankrupt. People have swiped them. 
So when God sees Macy's 34th Street, he sees poverty in his children. That is not what he's looking at. God is not looking at your hospital. He's not looking at that lady that you carry every day. Carry every day. Bathe the lady. Sometimes the lady will just forget them. But it's okay. Just carry. They do that all the time. Or you don't know. All the time. But hey, that is what gives you the money. It's okay. I have a friend who came home one day. Was very sad. A graduate. Very sad. And I said, why are you sad? You see, hitherto, when she was back and forth for vacation, she would tell you, oh, buy me this. Especially when she sent you the list, then she would say, especially this. Preferably, those were her words, preferably, especially. And one day she came and she found a job. And the job included lifting and washing, lifting and washing, lifting and washing. And one day as she was lifting, she didn't know that the old lady that she was lifting had sold herself. So she put her hand, you know, you know what I'm talking about. At her behind to pick her up. Oh, and she got more than what she bargained. As though that was not enough. As she was picking her. You know, the lady chest one shut that. Then so that so so it was it was too much for her. It was too much for her. So that day when she came home, she was just crying. She says, this is just too much. I said, hey, when you go back, send preferably. Especially, preferably, especially. When you go back, send those letters again and tell us preferably, especially. Send it again. Particularly. Specifically, send, send those letters again. Listen, you are worth more than all the millions and trillions of dollars that America has. When God sees you here on earth, he sees precious treasure. And God will not exchange you for anything that the world has to offer. Church, let us not be happy with the fact that in the month of July, we dress down. We don't do that because we are hot. If you think it's because of the weather that we dress down, that is not the reason. We dress down because we can go out and invite people 
when you are in your suit and you go, they will tell you that, oh, I am not dressed. I also don't have a suit to wear to come to church. But when they see that you are in jeans and you are in t-shirt, you can tell them that, listen, you don't need to dress up to come. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Hallelujah. And evangelism is also not limited to the month of July. Because the last time I checked, you ate in June and you ate in March. And you ate in February. And you add other things to it. Juice, ice cream. Right? Yes, you add all those things. So, evangelism is not only done in July. Because that is what God came here to do for three years. You have not gone yet. So once you are still around, roll your sleeves. And then let us lay down our lives for souls to be saved. Amen. Let's invite Reverend Brad. Wow. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Wow. How many of you have felt in your spirit that a soul is a very important thing to God? Amen. You know, if you, are, if you have a friend, you have a family member, you have anyone that you know that you have not mentioned Christ for, Maybe on the person's wedding day, you bought a very expensive gift. On the person's birthday, you bought a beautiful gift. You give so much to the person. You buy nice presents for the person or the person's children. And the person feels that you love him or her so much. And you have not shared Christ with that person. You have done that person a great disfavor. Hallelujah. Now, one thing that you have to understand is that it is not you who saves. God has called you only to be a witness. Amen. 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 You are not the one that saves a person. You are a witness. And he has given you so much power. He says, power, so much power. Power has been given to me. Power that is beyond the heavens and power that is beyond what is on earth has been given to me. And he has made you witnesses. That power came to make you a witness. Hallelujah. And all you need to do is to testify to someone what Christ has done for you. Hallelujah. There is nothing that can change a person. There is nothing. No philosopher can change you. No teacher can change you. No, 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 no advisor, no marriage counselor can change you. There is nothing that can change a person. The only thing that can change a person, the only thing that can transform a person is God. Amen. It is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is the word of God. You can, I, I have seen how, I have seen how someone is dying from drinking alcohol. And you bring the person in and he says, at this stage of your life, the only thing that can save you, the only thing that can change your life, the only thing that can cause you to live even another month is to give you a brand new liver. 
the only condition that we will give you a new liver is if you will stop drinking for six months. And I have seen thousands of people, they are not able to stop drinking. You see, even at the point of death, you can change. When you know what is ready to kill you, you can change. But the blood of Jesus can change you. I said the blood of Jesus can change you. You will bring someone to sit in the house of God and hear the word of God. It is the only thing that can transform. The only thing that can change a person. Hallelujah. Beloved, I think God has spoken to us these three days. And he has given us a task. He says that he called them and sent them two by two to the towns and to the cities. Whether he himself will go. Amen. Christ wants to go, but he's sending you this afternoon. Amen. Reverend, thank you so much for infusing us with such desire and with such bend that we will bend to share the word of God. We will bend to share Christ with someone. Hallelujah. Beloved, if someone is sitting in your office, share Christ with that person. And by so doing, you deliver yourself. Amen. You deliver yourself. God bless all of you for availing yourself to this great word. And I will encourage you. It's a three-day convention. Powerful messages brought us down to understanding. Bring us to a place where I personally, I feel that my heart has been touched in a very special way. And I believe yours also. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, you are here with your tithe this afternoon. Lift up your hands. Now, before, if you were to die today, you know in your heart there are only two places. You will go to hell or you will go to heaven. It is a choice that you can make. It is a choice that you can make. If you are not born again, if you, are not re- if you have not received Christ as your Savior, he says he is the way. He is the only way to the Father. If you have not received Jesus Christ, if you have not made that choice to take this way, Beloved, you are on your way to hell. But this afternoon, Jesus is saying there is more room at the cross. And if it was only you on earth, you would have still died for you. If you are here this afternoon, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to come before the Lord and receive him. You want to invite Jesus into your life. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, just lift up your right hand wherever you are. And I will say a short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? If that is you. Beloved, do not live here without accepting Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you were once walking with the Lord, but you know deep in your heart today that if you were to die today, you are not certain of your salvation. You can make that certain. You can bring that uncertainty to an end. Jesus is here to save. Anyone here like that, you want to receive Jesus Christ, God bless you. Anyone here like that, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you are here like that, you want to receive Jesus Christ, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, I want to pray with you. I want to say a short prayer with you. Anyone here like that, why don't you all join and say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. 
I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, let your blood wash me. Let your blood cleanse me. Purify me. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. I take you as my master, as my Lord, as my Savior. Lord Jesus, I will serve you. I will follow you until you call me. Please, Jesus, write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. Lord, we are thankful for... You say the heavens rejoice because a soul that was once lost has returned to the Father's kingdom. Father, that which brings joy to the angels in heaven, that which brings joy to the great throne, Lord, we are grateful and thankful. Let a shield be built around your son that the enemy will never have a hand in his life. May he grow stronger and stronger in his work with you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Emmanuel. God bless you. God. Hallelujah. If you are here with your We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.